Good morning, and this is Spin Class. We're talking politics. Your host, Michael Fragan, here on the Nachum Siegel Network, NachumSiegel.com, and on the NSN app. And every so often, we pause and take a break from the hardcore political news of the day to tuckle, tackle one of those public policy issues affecting the Jewish community. And for more of a policy perspective, we're going to delve into the issue of affordability or the finances of Orthodox Jewish life with our friend of the program, Mark Trencher of Nishba Research, uh, who is back with us to talk about, well, nothing other than your pocketbook and your wallet and how that affects uh, potentially your decision-making when your everyday life. So, uh, Mark, welcome back to Spin Class, and thanks for joining us, and thanks for talking about this really very, 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 very timely issue and uh, the issue that affects everybody out there. So uh, thanks once again. Thank you so much, Michael. So, Mark, uh, talk to us about the survey. How many people, what range of orthodoxies did you get? What did you What did you learn? Give us, give us the top lines, and then we can delve a little deeper. Okay. So the first top line I would give you is, why did we do this survey? We've done 10 surveys. Um, several times in the past, we've we kind of touched upon the issue of cost. Uh, we did a big, big survey, 4,000 people in 2017. And at the end of the survey, we gave them a list of 27 issues facing the Orthodox community. And we asked them, is this a problem? Is that a problem? So number one on the list was the cost of Jewish day school education. And number four on the list of 27 items was just the overall cost of being Orthodox. What was interesting was that that was true across the entire board. It was true among the modern Orthodox, among the yeshivish. At that time, we did not get that many Hasidish people. But it was also across all age, men and women, even even older people, even people over age 65 said the cost of Jewish education is, is a problem. So, you know, maybe they saw it in their kids and their grandchildren. Maybe they were helping out. We decided in 2019 that we were going to do a, a more research and really dive into what are people actually spending on, on the yeshiva, on yeshiva day school education? What are they spending on the other things related to living an orthodox life? And how is it affecting them? How do they feel about it? Um, unfortunately, as we all know, the pandemic came along. And one of the things that had a bigger impact of the pandemic was finances, people working from home. Some people had their hours cut, people, some people were laid off. We thought the time was right now, so we held up for a couple of years. But we really always wanted to come back to this issue and do this survey. And we felt there may still be a little bit, some strange impacts financial. But we think in terms of the overall community finances, uh, things are more back to normal than not. So we did the survey, and the real focus of this survey was on the cost of the Orthodox life. Um, we did get a nice, we did get a nice response. We got about thirteen hundred modern Orthodox, and we got about a thousand, about a thousand Haredi people, which combined Yeshivish and Hasidish. And by the way, Michael, I have you to, I have you to thank for the nice one thousand people who responded. As you know, we did that wonderful survey. Um, for Hatzalah, which is hugely, hugely respected in the community uh, about COVID and vaccines. At the end of that survey, we asked, would you be willing to participate in future surveys? And a lot of people said, sure. I think people love expressing their opinion. So I think that's really the reason why we got such a really nice response from the Haredi community. As opposed to most people, they say, would you like to be contacted about future marketing emails? And uniformly, I try and check that box and say, absolutely not. Never contact me again. But uh, so obviously people uh, feel that this is a worthwhile endeavor. 
Right. So we did we did the survey. We did get a good response. Um, a couple of things about the response. So we analyzed. They are different. We do give the results for the modern Orthodox, and we give the results for the Haredi, which is combined of the Yeshivish and the Hasidish people combined. Um, it, it was interesting in the uh, people always ask me, is the sample representative? I would say in the modern Orthodox, it's a pretty representative sample. I would say in the in the Haredi, it's not so. Uh, the main thing we found was that um, we got more men responded than women. And I think there's two, there's really two reasons. You know, it's an online survey. I think the men more often uh, have more access to computers, maybe at work, um, to, to respond to a survey. But I have a feeling, I didn't test this, but I have a feeling that when Yankee and Surrey got the survey emails, Surrey said, Yankee, you answer. finances, you, hand, <laughs> you, you answered. So, you know, but, but really, so that's okay. So we do look at the men. We did, we did actually look at men and women separately and we compared them. So um, that's where we did the survey. Um, it was it was not a super long survey, but we did cover a lot, a lot of ground in terms of the questions we asked. Okay, so let's jump right in. I guess my takeaway from this, uh, Mark, is that by and large, the Orthodox community, actually across the board, is quite prosperous. People are actually making a very good living, and however, the costs are also high at the same time. So the expenses are very much uh, eating up a lot of that living and the costs of, and that's not just the cost of day school tuition. You identify several other cost drivers for Orthodox life. Uh, the modern Orthodox actually very, very comfortable. That certainly puts them into very much into the upper middle class uh, quadrant of American earners, uh, a little more so than the Haredi, but the Haredim seem to be doing uh, pretty well economically as well, and they have some uh, lower costs when it comes to tuition. But is it would it be correct to for a lot of and I know people contemporaries you know who are doing very well, but they feel in a sense uh, a little bit poor uh, when compared. I mean, give us give us the assessment of Orthodox Jewish life right now when it comes to how wealthy people feel. Okay, so so you're right. The incomes are high. Uh, you know, I look at the numbers and I question them. I mean, they, they seem so high that I really wondered whether they were accurate. So with, with, with a median income among modern Orthodox, uh, total household of 188,000, yeah, that seemed high. We got a lot of people from New York City, Manhattan. Uh, when I looked at the, at the Haredi world and there was a median income of 138,000, um, and, and they tend to be a young group averaging age 35, I also wondered about that. But, you know, there was, a, for example, there was an article... Um, I should, I should tell you, by the way, that, that there's been a lot of interest in this research. I mean, even um, even, even uh, yeshivish publications have been covering it in detail. So, for example, uh, the guy who covered it for the, uh, for the Jewish press did a really nice job. And he actually spoke to some Hasidim and said, you know, and the Hasidim said, listen, I have nine kids. I have to make, make $100,000 minimum to even, to even live. So maybe the 138000 is... Not so crazy. So you're right. The incomes are high. Um, savings, not so high. Uh, you know, one area where we found a lot of concern was a lot of people, a majority, don't feel they're going to have enough to retire, even more in the Haredi world. People are concerned about savings, saving in general, and savings for retirement. Uh, so, but, but then you look at the expenses. Then we look at the expenses. So the first expense that we asked about, we asked about a whole range of expenses. But everyone always says the biggest expense 
is is yeshiva education, day school education. So you look at you look at the families. How many kids do they have? How many are in school? How many are in elementary school, high school, junior high school? Uh, we looked at college and gap years. So what we found was that the the median amount that 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 modern Orthodox families are spending on day school slash yeshiva education is $31,000 a year. That's out of pocket. Um, 40% of them do get tuition, do, do, do get tuition breaks that average $7,000 a kid. So for the one who has two kids, his, his gross bill might've been in the mid forties. He's paying 30. Uh, and, uh, in the, in the Haredi world, the median amount that people were paying for yeshiva education was about 20,000. They tend to have a few more kids. Uh, more than half of them got some kind of break. The break was about $3,000 a kid. So if they have, if a family, if a Hasidish or Yeshiva family has three or four kids in elementary school, so the gross bill might be in the, might be in, in the mid thirties and they're paying 20. So it's, a, it's, it's a big chunk. It's a big chunk. As you know, it's, it's after tax dollars. So it's a big, it's a big chunk. So that was the first thing we looked at. And then we also looked at a whole range of other things. We have a whole category of what are you spending on all sorts of things related to you being orthodox. So the first thing I would say, first of all, I would say that um, I talk about the cost of orthodoxy. So what does that mean? What does it mean, the cost of orthodoxy? So you have your kid in yeshiva for $20,000 a year. Who do you compare yourself to? You might be comparing yourself to, uh, the comparison might be to non-orthodox. We're not comparing ourselves to, to the non-Jews, but let's compare ourselves to the non-orthodox community, you know, conservative Jews, living typically, they might be living in Long Island. <clears throat> so most of them also belong to shuls, synagogues, temples. You know, they may, they might be paying dues. A lot of them are making donations. We make donations. You know, I, I think we make, uh, on average, I found that with our community, we give more tzedakah than the, than the non-Orthodox. And especially in, in, like, in, Karedi, in a gross, in a gross sense or per capita as, or as a relative portion of income? Per I would say per per family. Per family. Per family. So it's actually a so, gross so number of more is, more charitable donations. Yeah, we have more. So the question is, I see. You know, so I'm thinking of you know how much, how much do we, how much is the cost of orthodoxy over and above what it might be if the person was like a conservative Jew living in, I don't know, living in uh, north north northwest New Jersey, for example. So I can we added up all different categories. I asked people. You know, how much do you spend on shul dues and donations, other Jewish organizations that you belong to, tzedakahs, um, summer camps? Yes, uh, the world in general, Kule Alma, go to summer camps, but I think our Jewish summer camps tend to be more expensive. Uh, we asked about Jewish trips to Israel, which has not happened a lot in the past uh, the past year. But other things also, we asked about simchas. Yeah, everyone makes simchas. I think uh, the Orthodox community is known for making very beautiful, nice uh, simchas where we invite, you know, one of the things about Jewish simchas is, you know, we want to we want to share the simcha with the community. So we invite a lot of people. They tend to be expensive, and also just the just the overall range of things we spend our money on: matzahs for Pesach, lulav and esrog, talis tefillin, uh, sfarim, shetels, all the kind all the, all the kind of things we spend our money on. So I added everything up, and with some assumptions, I'm not including food. I came up with I came up with an estimate that for a modern Orthodox family, all of this together adds in an average year uh, about $4,000. About $4,000. It might be a little bit low because the summer camps have been closed for the past year or two. And also it might be a little bit low because there have not been a lot of big simchas. 
but four thousand, maybe the four to five thousand range. Uh, for the uh, yeshiva, for the Hasidish, for the Haredi world, it's more in the range of six thousand um, dollars. I know my, I know, I know my, my, my relatives in Flappish buy more shmurah matzahs than I do, so I mean I can understand it. But you know, so, so that's that's not including the that's aside from the uh, educational expenses. That's just a general expense, right? Actually, I, I guess the perception is that that number is higher. I guess when people would actually itemize it, it probably does go lower. But um, And we're talking to Mark Trencher from Nishba Research. We're talking about the finances of Orthodox Jewish life, a 2,000-plus person survey of both modern Orthodox and the Haredi Yeshivish Hasidish world. Uh, Mark, let's let's talk for a second, I guess, about attitudes. And that's one thing that you measured. It seems that people... Uh, actually, by and large, in the from community, seem to feel that their economic circumstances—I don't want to say are, are are great, but certainly you you group them as excellent, very good, good, fair. Uh, many people seem to feel that they are that they are certainly good to excellent. Is the vast majority of both modern Orthodox and Haredi Jews seem to feel that they are overall their own assessment i guess a self assessment of their household financial health is good to excellent uh, and many of them feel that they're either going to stay the same their economic prospects are going to stay the same or get better in the coming years uh, which is a very optimistic take i guess about the economy and the i guess job prospects within the firm world uh, so what's you, what's your assessment of that as a researcher yeah yeah, so, so we asked people five different ways. We asked them about their feelings. First, you're right. We asked people, you know, how do you assess your household's financial health? And we gave them six choices. Excellent, very good, good, fair, poor, very poor. I like to look at the top two. In research, we often have something called top two boxes. So excellent, very good. So among the modern orthodox, half said excellent, very good, and half said something less than that. So I think half the community, so the community is fragmented. In the Haredi world, only a little bit more than a third said excellent, very good. But you're right about one thing. Interestingly enough, when we asked people how they think it's going to look in a few years ahead, we actually found more optimism in the Haredi world. We found more optimism in the Haredi world. Uh, you know, people say to me, um, can, can you compare us to the non-Jewish world? There's, there's a question that gets asked in surveys over and over again. It's been asked for like, I don't know, many years in financial surveys. And the question is, um, they ask people, if you had to quickly come up with $2,000 to cover an unexpected expense, would you be able to do it? And 40% in the United States, 40% say no. 40% of people said, you know, I, I, I don't know how I do it. If my transmission broke, I'd have to, I don't know, I have to walk to work or something, or, you know, they, they would have big problems. But so we found in the, um, in our survey, a much, much lower percentage basically had problems. Only about, only about 10% uh, in, in, in our survey said that they would have a problem doing it. You know what, so people say, you know, in my view, we have all, we have a lot of tzedakah, we have community organizations. One of the things people, when we ask people, what do you love most about being from Jew? At the very top of the list is the community, you know, the tzedakahs, the gamachs, the associations. So I think on, on the one hand, even though there's a people struggling, I think there is, I think there are resources. I should tell you when we asked, at the end of the survey, we asked about advice, what advice would you give? And a lot of people said, you know, don't be afraid to ask for a break in your tuition. Don't be afraid to ask for help during those years that, that you need it. But so you're right. The, the, the community is very fragmented and people, a lot of people are very stressed. A lot of people are very stressed. 
the question I, the question I like to point to at the very end of a survey, and the reason I put the question at the end of a survey was I want the people to think about their expenses, go through the numbers, tell me how much you spend. And then at the very end of a survey, I asked them a question. I said, okay, tachlis, let, let's get to the point. Being orthodox is expensive. My question to you is very simple. Is it worth it? Is it worth it? So I'll tell you right off that three people said to me, this is a stupid question. Why is it a stupid question? What, what kind of question is this? Only three people? There, that was, <laughs> well, one, person, one person said, well, in different words, one person said, okay, this question obviously is being asked by somebody who's not from, because otherwise, who would ever ask a question like ah. this? Because I'm a researcher, right? I am from, I'm a researcher. But, but you're right. The, the main response that people gave by a vast majority, people said, look, is it worth it? Absolutely. You know, this is the life I want to live. And it's expensive, and I'm struggling, but it is what it is. So, in the end, that was a very positive, positive result. Uh, nine among the modern Orthodox, nine percent did not think responded negatively. So, nine percent said, "You know, I, I, I don't agree. I strongly don't agree, or I don't agree that it's worth it." Nine percent. Uh, so that's kind of that's kind of like the the at risk group. That's the group that may be people that already are on the border. They have they have concerns. Well, that's one in ten, uh, so though, it, essentially, right? One that's in 10. One in one ten. ten. And, and by large, those I, do you have a cross tab as to whether those people fall into the higher income or the lower income category? Because people, some people feel it's not worth it, even if they can cover the costs. Uh, they might not. Yeah. They might not just want to. Uh, expense that. I was curious about that because it it, it seems to be a very large number. Uh, I, and you know, you did also have the Hasidic number at like six percent and Yeshivish number at like two percent. But I'm curious. You know, sometimes yeah. you have you know we have these uh, you know margin of error, so that that number can be skewed a little bit. But I I, I did see those as a little bit high. Um, I also found that the number of while we're in the same thing, w- when you broke down whether people felt that uh, yeshiva tuition was worth it, would you consider taking your children out of yeshiva? Um, uh, you know, forty eight percent of modern Orthodox said would absolutely not consider, but you know, the less adamant was uh, you know was a fi- was fifty two percent. Uh, meaning, and seven percent was a good chance I would take my kids out of yeshiva. Uh, so it's interesting, okay. you know. Some of those, uh, I guess, as you said, at risk, if you want to call it that. There are people who are somewhat in danger of kind of falling off because of the high cost of orthodoxy. Right, and, and actually, the the question we asked people was not whether they would take that. If you look in the report, uh, there are very few places where I underline words. But in that question, I did underline the word consider. Because we didn't ask them, would you take your child out? Said, is it something you're going to think about in five years? And people said, yeah, I probably will think about it. But you know, I, I know I can tell you that people do think about it. And they look at the alternatives. And the kid, and the kid is in yeshiva. <laughs> right. And that's how you want that, that's okay. fair, fair, so the word. Fair enough. Important. Fair enough. Everything is. But, uh, every, yeah, go ahead. So in answer to your question about the, uh, this question about is it worth it, so we did look at so we did look at it uh, in a number of different ways. We did look at it by income, and there's big differences. So for, for households with income um, under fifty thousand, fifteen percent that was that was the highest number among any group. People people with lower income said it's not worth it. Well, so that's not that's not a surprise. That's not a surprise. Um, the 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 uh, the positive views uh, increased dramatically with age. 
when you get to age 55 plus, very few people say it's not worth it. It drops by age, which also doesn't surprise me because who gets, who's, who's being hit by the cost of education are people who have, which, you know, in their 30s, 20, late 20s, 30s, 40s, and even early 50s who have the kids in yeshiva or, or, or even college. So uh, we, also we did something interesting. So the, the other thing, so we talked about food, which I can talk about. Before we get to food, I'll just tell you that the, uh, in my view, <clears throat> There's, an, there's, a, there's, an, there's another equal factor that's important for so maybe even more than the cost of food and yeshiva day school educa- and yeshiva education is where you live because over and over again we heard you know where you live is expensive we live in expensive neighborhoods you have to live within walking distance of a shul and then you have supply and demand and you know the ha- house goes on the market that's a, at two blocks from the shul and uh, it, it en- ends up going for fifty thousand dollars over the list price because there's supply and demand. So we did hear that where you live is very expensive. We actually looked at, um, we divided two groups. One group is anybody in Brooklyn and Brooklyn and Queens, uh, because PS people for the first three digits of a zip code. And then we found uh, a sizable group in places like Minnesota, Kansas City, Michigan. We had enough to do a comparison. And we did find a, a significant difference uh, in, 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 how the, in, in this question of whether it was worth it. So, um, you know, the, the cost of Jewish day school education, I would say number one is a factor. You know, all the other expenses kind of, you know, you don't get hit, you don't get hit with any big bills except maybe maybe for uh, Pesach time for all the food and maybe for the Yom Narayim if you have to pay for seats in a shul, that kind of thing. But it's, you know, over the, and also summer camps, uh, you know, the food is, is an expense. Uh, and also where you live. So the, these, they're all different components that, that kind of add up. Well, let's talk about that for a second. You mentioned some of these, and I'll just throw the term of art out there, the out-of-town communities. A lot of people say, well, if you moved out of town, I would feel much wealthier. I would feel, you know, I'd have a lot more income because the because the uh, cost of living is so much lower and the housing cost is so much lower and every place in the tri-state area is super expensive, et cetera. Is that true? Do Jews who feel, do people from the Frum community specifically who move out of town, meaning outside of New York and New Jersey, feel wealthier? Or do they have, or do, or yeah. is, is there actually a real cost of Jewish life relatively? So it could be. So th- there's two things going on. First of all, the costs might be a little bit lower, but some of them might be higher. If you if you have to import your meat, if if you live in Kansas City, or for example, and you have to get your meat shipped to you from Chicago, there's an expense. So yes, I mean a lot of the expenses are the same. I think the school expenses might be uh, might be the same. Um, you know, in the, if you if you're going to a to a a, a, a middle range price school, incomes are higher in the Northeast, so your income is less. So it, it, it might be a little bit of a wash. You know, the question to me is why do people out of, in the out-of-town places, why do they less often say it's not worth it? I think one of the things that goes on is that um, in a smaller community, um, you know, not five towns, not Teaneck, et cetera, um, people might less often feel competitiveness. So, I mean, there's, in our community, you're living where we all live together in the same place. And, uh, you know, the houses and the cars and the simchas. So there is a little bit of competitiveness. When we ask people what, what advice they would give others, a lot of people said move, move to, a, move to a place that's less competitive. And a lot of people said, look, you don't have to keep up with the Goldbergs. You don't have to. Um, 
you know, you, you, you can make a smaller simcha. You don't have to drive a Range Rover, that kind of thing. So, I mean, those are the advices. So, if for, for, I, I think for that, living in an out-of-town community myself, I, and uh, almost all of my relatives live in, uh, in the New York City area, I, I do think places like where I live, there's less of, a, there's less of a, an emphasis on, on keeping up with other people. So, so, so that might be part of it. That might be part of it. Okay, Mark, uh, last question for you. What are your biggest surprises from this survey? This is your 10th survey. I'm sure there's always something that sticks out to you as a huge surprise, the kind of thing that I would not have expected this when I started this, and now the data is showing me that this, in fact, is true. Or maybe there's more than well, one. So we asked one question that we asked, in addition to the question about is it worth it, at the very end, after this question, we said, we asked another question, which was, is this affecting you Jewishly? You know, kind of like, overall, is it affecting you? Is it, is it, is it affecting your neshama? I didn't, I didn't use that word. Cause, and, um, and then explain why. And I would say uh, the biggest answer we got, the number one answer we got was a one-word answer, no, or not at all, or not applicable. So the answer we got more than anything else was, it's not a plus, it's not a minus. It is what it is. The cost is what it is. It's not affecting us. Having said that, you know, a fair number of people said, yes, it is. And people, there are people that are in pain. I think we need to, rec- I think we need to recognize that. Uh, there are things people can do. So, you know, so my, my, my biggest takeaway is that it is a problem. But somehow, somehow a, uh, a, I would say a majority of, of, of the Orthodox community is struggling through it. I will tell you that when I had uh, all my kids in yeshiva at the same time and in college, I had a financial, my friend did a financial plan. He said to me, Mark, he said, um, you know, you're, in pre- you're not in great shape now, but if you project the future when your kids get older and if they get married, uh, it, it'll get better. And, and that's how it works out sometimes. So I think people have the attitude, it's worth it. It is what it is. I'm struggling. Uh, as we say in Yiddish, it's hard to be Jewish, it's hard to be Orthodox. We need to be. We need to really realize that there are people that are struggling, and be and be uh, sympathetic and be helpful. But you know, overall, the, the glass is half full, so it is what it is. It, it certainly seems that way, and I am certainly uh, interested in the the overall optimism financially that the from community seems to have, uh, pretty much across the board about their economic circumstances. Yes, I mean there are areas that. Uh, people seem to be very stressed about, and uh, certainly there's not there's never enough savings, there's never enough planning for retirement. I think that that's there. But the one thing, uh, Mark, that you did not survey, and certainly coming up on everybody's minds, is are you going away for Pesach? And I think that that is is that the dividing point. I know you didn't ask about it, but you know that always seems to be the dividing point in Orthodox Jewish life. Yeah, yes, uh, I didn't ask about that. We didn't ask about that. I, I guess you could say that you, you didn't want to you didn't want to run into trouble with the uh, with all the Pesach programs. I imagine that they would have been upset if you would have had a negative uh, comments about that. Well, I will tell you this: I have very close relatives, otherwise known as my son, who uh, who last year for the first time ever since they were married, twenty five years, they had Pesach at home and they actually enjoyed it. They actually said it was really kind of nice. So uh, once the pandemic, I think once the pandemic, it, it, it's, a, it's a lot of work. I know it's a lot of work. And uh, is it a vacation? I mean, uh, 
I, I, I have a household budget. If I, if I went away for Pesach, would I enter it in my spreadsheet as a religious expense, as a food expense, or as a vacation? That's, I'd have to kind of divvy it up. That, 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 that is a great question. Certainly an idea for something for a, a future survey. Mark Trencher of Nishma Research telling us about the finances of Orthodox Jewish life just came out at the end of 2021. A fascinating survey. You could find it at nishmaresearch.com. Mark, thanks for once again coming to us and telling us about the actual data of what's going on in the firm community. Thank you so much, Michael. Thank you. And that's it for this week here on Spin Class here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Stay tuned for Jew in the City Speaks with Allison Joseph. See you next week. Mm-hmm.